Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the podcast. Today I'm talking to Jesus McDonald from JRM Web Marketing. I was on his show. We talked about how to optimize and streamline your content workflow and also a bit about how to grow on TikTok. I'm super excited about this episode. Let's get into it. Awesome, guys. So today on the show, I have Stephen Pope, Stephen G. Pope. What does the G stand for, Stephen? It stands for Gregory. Or, or, or actually, it's, it's, it's just straight G. No, it, it stands for Gregory. <laughs> straight G. I like that. <laughs> yeah, so he's the founder and CEO of SGP Labs. And you want to touch a little bit on the nature of the business and what you guys do? Yeah, so ultimately, I help entrepreneurs. Typically, it's uh, there's some exceptions, but it's you know client-based businesses, really anybody selling their expertise. Um, and I help them use the power of video, help them with content repurposing, and then leveraging that on social media to generate more clients, generate more revenue. Yeah. And the reason why I brought them on the show guys is because I think you guys are going to get a lot of value, especially when it comes to content creation, using video has been the most effective that I've seen with our social media. And it has brought us a ton of inbound leads, more than text only posts. If you're doing that on LinkedIn, and I've seen him a lot on TikTok. He's one of the first guys. I mean, I don't know if he calls himself a founder or creator or marketer, but he's definitely doing things that marketers should be doing. Yeah. For and sure. uh, him and Todd Clouser are big on TikTok right now. I mean, you guys are definitely doing a big splash and getting in there early. Yeah. Well, I mean, that, to that point, you know, it's like we all like see people on LinkedIn that were here years ago, right? Right. Like you see their large followings and you see it really helped them a lot. And for me, what, what, so I always, you know, you always have a little bit of FOMO for those kind of situations where you're like, man, I wish I had done this a couple of years ago. And then I saw TikTok. I was like, that's a new platform. I was like, I do video because I did a lot of video on LinkedIn. And I was mm -hmm. like, I, I do video. I want to be early to a platform. I'm sitting here scrolling through it. So why not me? Like if I'm here, other people are here. Mm -hmm. And so I made the mental leap and was just like, this seems like a no brainer to me. I don't know exactly how this is going to play out, but you never know how these things are going to play out. Right. And so, totally. so I just was like, let's do this. What's interesting is the whole FOMO thing. Right. I remember when clubhouse came out, huge FOMO, Yeah, me but then too. I don't hear about them anymore. <laughs> you know, it was funny. Like I did make, are they still in business? I don't know. I did make a, I had that too. I did, I did make a calculated decision with that one, though. It's just like, I liked video. I liked podcasting. I liked doing these things because I could record it. I could splice it up. I had the video. Totally. With, with uh, uh, Clubhouse, I felt like you had, like, it seemed like everyone was just on there all the time. And, like, I couldn't imagine myself doing that. Um, sometimes I think with some of these things, like, even with LinkedIn or TikTok, you kind of have to enjoy it a little bit. Or, it's a, mm. or you can kind of, like, LinkedIn is harder for me because I don't enjoy it quite as much. Right. Um, like in order to really work LinkedIn, like you got to, you got to be a networker. You got to get outside your, um, sure. yeah. Building relationships. Yeah. You have to go outside just posting. It's engaging. I, it's DMS. It's a lot of that. Yeah. I mean, I think that to your credit, that's how we got engaged. Like you DM me, I think for, on LinkedIn and you're like, Hey, I saw you on TikTok," And then you were like, right. and you were asking me about my ideal client and like, and so, uh, that's so, true. Yeah. You, so you, that's how we got started. So, Everyone, I think it was Todd Clouser who was talking about TikTok and he just started at Refine Labs, uh, taking over the YouTube channel and him and I were going back and forth in the DMs on, on LinkedIn. And then I was like, all right, I'll create my username and all this stuff on TikTok. And then it gave you suggestions on who to follow. I was like, Todd, for sure. All these other people. Right. And then you started coming up you know, like a few weeks later as oh, a suggestion. Yeah. And then I was like, oh, for sure, Steven, I saw his LinkedIn content before, and I know you're, you're all about video. And then I really loved, I kept watching more and more, oh, and the cool. algorithm was like, well, let me feed you more Steven, right? <laughs> and I'm like, oh, I got sucked in, <laughs> <laughs> which is all good. And then I reached out to you on LinkedIn, and I think that's how we got connected. And I was like, hey, I've been seeing what you do on TikTok, um, but it wasn't clear to me, like, what do you do? Like, sure. I know you get people attention you try to make them as the ideal attracted you know go-to person when the need is there they're the solution right exactly yeah. so it made me curious to know exactly 
what is, which will just lead into this and dive in is what's exactly your content creation process or strategy. Uh, and then how do you distribute that on a consistent basis, especially with busy professionals, right? Yeah. Yeah. And, and there's, the, there's kind of like two ways I can answer that. Cause it's, there's like the way I do it for myself, having been doing it for a while now and right. having like all the muscle memory and all that kind of stuff and all the equipment. And, um, so there's the kind of the way I do it. And, and then there's the way, um, that I help clients get going. Um, so what do you think would be the most helpful for you to hear about? I mean, I, I, I love talking about both, but. So let's do this. Um, because yeah, either angle that we take it is going to be valuable, but let's say we have a video podcast already. Okay. And then let's say that we chop it up, but we don't chop it up as much as we could. Mm -hmm. Right. Let's say video podcast, 30 minutes, and we chop it up once. And it's a three minute short clip that, that you see on TikTok and on LinkedIn and on YouTube. And then we upload the full video on YouTube and on the podcast. So it goes through all the Apple, Spotify, Google podcasts, all that stuff. Right. Let's start from there. Yeah. So in that case, what I would try to identify is like, why is it only one clip? And usually what it comes down to is just like, I think what it comes down to for a lot of people is just like, there's, there's a lot of new skills and people involved in, uh, in doing content. And right. there's usually like, I mean, you could look at it as four different people or as like four different skills, but there's usually like the subject matter expert. There's the person that's responsible for like the entire workflow of all this content. And mm -hmm. that, so, and then there's like the creative person who, who's capable of recording the video and then who's right. like distributing it. And so depending on the company, that could just be one person or it could be four different people, right? Um, mm. And so ultimately, I think what I would start to identify is like, what what is keeping somebody from only making one little clip from that? And then also starting to identify like, so like if you were taking that little clip and pushing it to a place like TikTok and mm -hmm. it's in the like the rectangular form, um, right. it's not going to be in the context of TikTok. And so it's very likely not going to perform as well where it might do okay on LinkedIn. It's not going to probably do as well on TikTok because it's like a TikTok wants it vertically and they also want it short and like spliced up. So I would just start to kind of like diagnose, like why are we limited? Why are we limiting the, the flow of, of all of that content to just one clip? Um, mm -hmm. And then helping them think through like, okay, how, like what, what are the, what are the pathways what are the tr different transformations that need to happen in order to number one, produce more content from that. And then what, how do, how do each of those pieces of content need to get transformed and starting to identify those things and then map them out in a workflow. That's yeah. like one of the main things is like helping people just visualize this stuff. And right. then like, it looks like a big wireframe. Then <laughs> I, I, we do websites. So to me, it looks like a big wireframe. Exactly. I mean, I could, I could literally pull up my, my workflow here. It's just like, and then like, how do you, how do you then, um, what are the software and the tools to then help you make this even easier? So mm. I don't know, like if you use a tool called Descript, I've talked about it a bunch of times, but it may- I've never heard of it. Okay, well, there you go. I mean, that's gonna be, that's gonna help you multiply your content creation from your podcast. And what is Descript? So what, it's, so technically it is a video editing piece of software, mm -hmm. but not for video editors for the guys like me and you. So hmm. um, it, what I would say is it's like, it, it's basically allows you to cut up a video like it's a Word document. So when you drag your uh, podcast into the, into Descript, it's gonna rip, it's gonna trans, uh, transcribe it. Right. So you're gonna see your video on one side and the transcription on the left. And now it will allow you to select the clips from the transcription. Oh, so it's basic type yeah. editing. Yeah, like so- Like chops it up. Because the, the thing we use is Adobe, right? Adobe Premiere. Right. And so, which, it, yeah. So, it, but not everyone needs that, right? <laughs> well, not only that, but like this is going to do it. This is going to do a, a high quality job for you. So mm -hmm. it's not just, it's not just dumbed down so you can use it, but it's also going to produce high quality content. But even more than that, like if you're using Adobe, you're like watching it and like trying to like figure out what second to cut it at. And you're like, taking little notes and you're like, oh, I should stop here and I should stop there. Right. And then you're going back and forth with Descript. You're just like, you're looking at it visually from text. 
Mm. So you just like literally start where the word is. So you're like, mm. this so is like AI powered. I, I don't know that they're using AI. It's just more just like you can see the text, right? So like, interesting. I can see the the talk. So I can I can say, yeah. oh, this is where I started the question. I don't have to go play the video, which is really time consuming. So it's more like YouTube. You know how whenever you start putting captions or subtitles on YouTube, it, and you want to correct the subtitles, it'll show the video and it shows all the subtitles like listed. Yeah, I have almost like. Yeah, I haven't seen how YouTube does it, but it kind of, gotcha. yeah, it's like it, it literally is like a document on the left side. It's just like the, the written word and you just select the text. And when you're done, you just say, make a clip out of that. And then it makes a clip. And how'd you hear about this software? How did I hear about that descript? I must have heard it from somebody else. I can't, I can't remember the origin of who yeah. I heard it from. It was likely on social media. Yeah, that's the first time I've heard about it. And I, I think that's awesome because we're all visual learners too, right? So that's probably the best way to do it um, instead of, yeah, just in Adobe Premiere, which is advanced. I mean, when I think of Adobe Premiere, I think of you're making high quality production, like Hollywood videos, like that's how powerful that software is. Um, but at the same time, it's not like you need all the bells and whistles either just to get like a LinkedIn video. Exactly. Like you're not trying to make it a Hollywood. Come on. Exactly. <laughs> you know? Exactly. So like, for, so you use, you use Descript, you will pump out 10 times more content, um, just the same quality. And mm -hmm. then, uh, and then, and then beyond that, I introduced like systems and processes to help you like stay super organized. Right. Cause it's like, you got all these video files floating around. Like when you go to post them, you're like going through files and stuff. It's just like a pain in the butt. And so like, Content marketing is one of those things where it's hard. So people do less of it or they quit or they don't do it. And so my thought mm -hmm. is like, oh, how do I remove like every single little pain point that's in the flow right. so that it's easy and you'll do it and you can even do more of it. Like I tell people, it's like, I can help you kind of be Gary Vee in like two hours a week, you know? Um, so I also introduce a lot of automation and um, right. like you reached out to me the other day. You're like, hey, how do you automate the posting it's like i don't actually automate the posting i automate everything else in between um to help just stay super organized and that's the other thing that i wanted to touch on too is automation because i feel like the automation part mm -hmm. that i see with a lot of b2b companies is it, it's usually the marketer that's trying to do everything manually and for b2b i mean you think of twitter you think of linkedin you think of tiktok you think of youtube i mean the list goes on right but that's usually the main players and they're doing everything manually because if they use something like buffer, which is a social media, you know, management tool or scheduling tool, um, the algorithm of the social media platform discourages it. Like LinkedIn is like, we don't want you connected to third-party applications. Like yeah. we want genuine people that want to hang out on LinkedIn, not take people off the platform and not, you know, set it, forget it type mentality. Right. Like, that's why people are like, oh, I do it natively. I post manually on LinkedIn. I'm like, okay, so that takes a lot of effort. That's a lot of time management. It's not sustainable if you're trying to do also YouTube videos and do that manually. Twitter, do that manually, right? TikTok, do that manually. So it all adds up, right? So I know you're, you're giving me a smile, so I love this. Tell me about it. <laughs> well, so I, so I took, I attacked the problem from a different perspective, right? So like, you're right. Like if you use those platforms, number one, the algorithms are going to deprioritize you. And number two, like you're not there either. So like whether it's the algorithm or not, like you're just not going to be engaged. And right. that's like the whole point of social media is like, whether it's TikTok, it's they're kind of, they're all like LinkedIn is more of a networking platform than the others, but they're all networking platforms really. Um, right. So I took the approach of, okay, well, I don't want to eliminate the engagement part because that's the part that's actually going to grow my business. Mm. So what I did is I looked at every other thing that was in, like from content planning to, uh, you know, post-production to organization to actually making it easy to post. I looked at all of those things and I said, how can I streamline everything on that side of it? And so I just really broke down like my previous um, career I, I, is in technology. So I, I grew a, a software technology consulting business nice. uh, to several million dollars and I sold that. So my, I understand technology. I know how to use it. I, I've been an engineer, a coder my whole life. So I applied all of that to what I was doing now. And 
basically built out technology that helps me automate all that in between stuff. So using mm. like tools like Airtable and Zapier, which is if people don't know, that's like a, a an automation platform that allows you to really glue different applications together, whether that's Google Drive or different platforms. And so then what, what I'm using those two is like, so like in order to store all this media, it's like you need folders and files and you need a way to, you need links to get to things. So all of that stuff for me is just automatically created. Hmm. So when I upload, when, when I when, uh, when I finish uh, this podcast, because I'm recording it as well, there's a camera that looks at me, records, oh, all, nice. the, Love it. records all the audio. I can just drop that into a Google Drive mm-hmm. and that instantly goes into my system. It gets pulled in, it gets tagged, it gets linked. Folders are created. Like, and I'm not saying this to brag, but I could post this podcast faster than the people that usually have me on their show because it's just like, it's all just it. like, yeah, it's all like done. And, um, and so it's just like all of those kind of things, like I go, I could go into really great detail, but like all the communication that like, I don't know how many people are on your team that help you with the content, but like all of that stuff on my end is just like all triggered and everyone knows what's, what's what. And if mm-hmm. I send something to a video editor, he can just drop it back in my inbox and it comes back into my system. Everything's linked. I know about it. I know I need to check it. Um, and so those are the kind of the things that I, that I do to kind of help make that whole process easier so that you could be Gary V in a couple hours a week, you know? Two questions that I had that came from this is, can you do, let's call it the framework, right? Can you do, or your workflow without a video editor or do you still need a video editor? Yeah, you don't need one. So I have a video editor and um, my video editor does certain things. Um, right. But there are certain things where it's like the script takes you far enough where it's just like, I'm just going to like, so, uh, so I mean, my wife, Erin helps me with some of that stuff. So she will actually help me create clips and they can, they make them look really good. So like you wow. can do the captions, like nice looking, fancy captions, titles, yeah. putting it in the right format. Um, like, yeah, I was thinking about like, even for small marketing teams, like, and you don't have the budget to hire a full-time or even part-time video editor, yeah. like, and video production is really expensive. Um, I'm not saying this is for everyone, but that it's also something to consider as well too. Like what Steven's talking about is a lot more cost-effective and it really is effective at the same time. Well, plus you got to think about this too. Yeah, so it's effective. So, so sometimes like I have to do a lot of education to help people understand some of these things. So like mm-hmm. number one, if you need a video editor, you can get, if, if you're telling them what to do, you can get them at a relatively low cost. Um, if you're expecting them to be super creative and having like really fancy, like high production level videos, you know, maybe it's not going to be the case, but number one, if you need one and you know what to tell them what to do, you can get one for a cost effective amount. Mm -hmm. Even if you don't have one, you can get all this done and, but you might need a little bit of training, not, but then again, it's not a lot, but here's the other thing too, is like having this knowledge in house is a good thing. Like right. most people want to outsource everything. The luxury. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Because it's like, even if you have the money to do it, like, I don't know that you should. Because like marketing as a skill is becoming more and more important. Like we both, we both follow Chris Walker. I talk about him a lot. Um, mm-hmm. Like he's like, he's like, he outsources certain things, but he knows that bringing marketing and all this video production into his company is a huge asset. Because right. like where we are and where we're going with all this is only going to get more intense, mm-hmm. right? And so like if you go out it and is. hire an agency to do all this stuff for you, it's going to be it's going to be quite costly. And you probably and not only that is it, not only is it going to be costly, but that company isn't going to know you or your customer like you do. And so right. like if your team knows this stuff, they know where to make the clips. Like picking the beginning and the end of a clip is a skill. Hmm. And like, so if you just give that to somebody, they're not going to know like where it should start and where it should end or what's going to make it compelling. So bringing these like basic skills into your team is like, it's going to be huge and it's going to compound over time. And you can literally build a media like arm of your company that essentially mm-hmm. turns you into like either you're a product and service company, but you're also a media company you're an educational platform that 
is kind of side by side your products and services, which is going to educate your market, basically prove that you're the best one out there. Right. And, and it's only going to compound. So this is only going to get crazier over time. Now, when you have everything and I 100% agree with you, I mean, the competition and creativity, the creative side is getting a lot more difficult. You got to really do a lot to stand out and uh, make a big splash in the market. But your big, the big thing that you said is education. Like it's all about educating the market and you're 100% right about that. But the only way you can educate is by pumping out content. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so that's, so you got to use social media channels or platforms. Now, the thing I was going to ask is, you talked about Gary Vee and stuff. I mean, you kind of just threw his name out casually. Like everybody knows Gary yeah, Vee, I know. right? <laughs> I was like, okay, that you got my attention. Um, good job, by the way. Is how, did, did you like study Gary Vee? Did you interview him? Like how, when you said, hey, you, you can do what Gary Vee does. Like how did you get something to that level? And how did you study that out um, to get it to that where you're like, this is exactly what he does. Well, ultimately, there was actually there's a couple of different things to that. So originally, I ran into him like when I after I sold my previous business, somebody else brought him up to me. Mm -hmm. He's like, because I was getting really into marketing at that point, and they brought up Gary Vee, and so I, I checked him out a couple of times. I watched a couple of his videos, and I was like, who is this guy? Like what? And I didn't I didn't really pay much more attention to it. And then eventually, I kept seeing him more and more. Yeah. And then he was always talking about content, content, content. And I was like, okay, like. I didn't quite know, like, just like a lot of people I talked to don't know. I, right. didn't, I didn't know. And then, but then I was like, okay, this guy's really successful. Mm -hmm. and he's talking about content. And I've always been able to do this in my career. I was like, I don't know how to do it. I don't know what he's talking about, but he's super successful. I think he's genuine. I don't think he's pulling my leg. Mm. And so I started to be like, okay, what is he talking about? And he started talking about content. Like he's doing all this content, these clips and these, all these different angles and stuff. And I was right. just like, so I just, and then I saw Chris Walker, he was talking about it too. He made, he made a post about repurposing content and doing podcasting. Mm. And I was like, okay, I got two people, they're saying the same things. And so then I just started doing it myself. Um, and so that's how I ultimately started to, to get into it, figuring it out, uh, going through the mechanics of it, doing the work, getting into the, the dirt, seeing all the problems that I had with it. I was like, man, this is a pain in the butt. Like, so, mm. And so then I started to solve all my own problems. And then applying all that technology expertise because I just like to nerd out on that stuff anyways. It's just fun for me. Right. So I just started applying all those techniques to it. And then that's how I ultimately was just like, whoa, I, like, I'm, I'm able to do kind of what he's doing. And like, mm. I'm just one dude with a couple of support people. And I yeah. thought that was pretty cool. And there were a couple of times where I, I remember Gary Vee specifically talked about like some of the tools that I use. And I was like, oh, okay, I'll, I know those tools. And I pulled those in. Um, nice. So that's kind of so like you kind of got like reassurance from that. Yeah, I mean, like at some point, like uh, there are people in the in, in the market that are in the people in the world that only do things when like either somebody else will do it for them. Mm -hmm. But like I've always just been like, man, that person's successful, and I I don't think he's pulling my leg, and so I'm gonna basically emulate that and copy it, yeah, and make up my that's own. That's awesome. You know, that's awesome. And yeah, now zooming out from our conversation, and I probably should have started it from this way, but it's all good. We went right for the state. So what made you interested to do marketing? Because you have an engineering background and, you know, tech, all this stuff. You sold your tech company. Like what made you want to dive into marketing? Was it the same thing like Gary Vee and seeing Chris Walker and all that? You're like, oh, I can do this. Well, well what it was, was is like, so after I sold my company, it was quite a shock. It was great. Yeah. You know, you, you get a bunch of money and all this stuff. So that's cool. But it's like, that's not what fulfills you. And so I was like, okay, what's next? And so I started my next business. And mm -hmm. w when I started to build that out, it's not what I'm doing now. But as I started to build that out, I was older. And I was like, man, I, I don't want to like, like, I, I want to move fast this time. And so I was just online looking at these different things. How do you build a consulting company? And like, how do you do it really fast? And that's when I started stumbling across all these like modern marketers that were using social media content, all this stuff. And I was just like, man, like I could have built my previous business a lot faster. And while I was trying to build out my other business, mm. 
which is really a continuation of kind of my other one. Yeah. It's kind of, you getting the learning lessons from it and seeing like, oh, I could have done it more efficient if I did it this way. Yeah. Plus when I was trying to sell my other service that I just totally canned after like not too long, mm -hmm. I was talking to all these business owners about how they could be growing their business faster with all the stuff I was learning. Yeah. And I was getting them excited about that, not my other business. Interesting. And, and then the, the, the light bulb at some point went off and I was like, man, this is like, I've, I've really always like, regardless of what services I've sold, I've always been helping entrepreneurs build their business. Hmm. And so this is just a different mechanism. So on, that, on, it, on the tech side, it was helping them build products and services and helping them do things efficiently. And on this side, it was just like, okay, now it's from a marketing perspective. And so then that was the leap I made. I was like, oh, I enjoy this marketing stuff. I like helping entrepreneurs. I know I can help them. And so I slowly started to iterate on what a product would be. I, I, got, I got everybody into this mastermind purely based off of my excitement for marketing, right? Yeah. <laughs> I didn't even really have a product or a plan. Uh, yeah, I got like 10 people into this mastermind. That's how it always starts. Yeah. And, and <laughs> you know, a few of them were like, yeah, this isn't really what I wanted. But like, yeah. you know, six of the people were like, this was cool. This was, this was a cool thing. Like, thanks for doing this. I learned a bunch and then slowly started to build out a product um, that I could sell. And then it, now it ultimately is like marketing strategy, engaging video, productivity, mm -hmm. and like really being able to make an impact on social media. Mm -hmm. And so I, that's, that's the evolution of it. It was very kind of organic. It was purposeful and organic at the same time, you know? That's awesome, man. That's yeah. inspiring. Oh, yeah, cool. I appreciate awesome. that. Yeah. I mean, well, yeah. it, it's inspiring, like, but it was also like very gut wrenching from a mental perspective as well. Like, oh, for sure. <laughs> leaving, like, leaving everything you kind of know mm -hmm. and starting something new. And um, also, for like, sure. I, the, other, the other piece to it was, was like, I was terrified of video. Like, I used to be terrified of video, public speaking, really being really authoritative on my point of view, mm -hmm. telling stories. Like when I used to tell stories, like people would say, hey, how did you build your company? I'd be like, I just, I just did, you know, I just, yeah. and then people would be like, okay. Yeah. So it wasn't a real compelling story. <laughs> so like, even now, like you asked me, like, how did you do this? Like I've told this story a bunch of times now. So all right. like I learned all these different things and like, so overcoming video and like the challenge of getting myself out there mm -hmm. was also high on my list. Cause I always felt like I was stifled by my insecurities of just coming out like this is me yeah this is me like take it or leave it right and so i that, love that that was another because that's what what keeps it real and it's genuine and that's i mean even this podcast interview i feel like I, I get to know you even more and the fact that you're being vulnerable i'm like dude I feel like our trust has grown like 10 times just from this interview. It's not even over yet. Yeah, you know no, what I mean? I appreciate, I appreciate that. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's it. Is, and what I'll, I'll tell you this too, like on, especially on, on social channels, like being, doing that, I think is the best way, right? Because it's like, mm -hmm. you can fake it till you make it, which has a, um, there's a potential issue there. It's like, like, if, like if, you, if, you, if you state facts as if they're facts, Right. And you're wrong or people call you on it, you're going to look bad. You're mm -hmm. going to look like a fraud. But if you have predictions and hypotheses about where the future is going and you're wrong, you're just someone that's innovative and is wrong. And people can, mm -hmm. and that's cool. Like that's actually a, that's kind of cool. Like you're someone that has forward forward thoughts right. and you're willing to put them out there. And if they're right, they're right. And if you're wrong, you're just somebody that's willing to take risks. So you, you, like, right. you look good either way, right? Mm -hmm. And so like, it, when you're thinking about building your brand and like going out in the marketplace, you don't have to fake it. Like you can give predictions. You can, like people like that. They're like, oh, this guy's like, he's got ideas about the future as opposed to saying, I have everything figured out. If you work with me, I'm going to get you a client in a month. I guarantee right. it. And which no, no marketer can really guarantee that. Right. Chris Walker nope. wouldn't guarantee that either. He would be like, I don't like, I don't know when you're going to get your first client. Like, do you have a good product? I don't even know. Like if your product right. sucks, if your product sucks, I'm not going to be able to get you anything because it's not good. Right. You know, I don't think you would even go further than the discovery call with Chris. <laughs> he knows your product sucks. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, or he would say, he would say, oh, I'll help you figure out how to improve the product. You know? So 
Yeah. So I think having that authenticity, being truthful. I mean, you, on the flip side, I will say this too. Like a lot of people are afraid to talk about the results they have. So like mm. you can go the you can go the other way too, where you're just like a, kind of afraid to take ownership of some of the things that you've done. If you've helped people, if you've done these certain things, right? Like if you, like sometimes it's like sometimes as a marketer, you've helped people do things. You, you can't take all the credit because it's like their product, and they. It's not like you did everything, mm. but you were involved. So right. So claim it. I helped you do this. I helped you go do from here to there. And so. Yeah. The thing that I also liked is I would have never known that you're fearful and insecure, which we all are. It's we're all humans. I am too. And until you share that, you kind of bring back the human aspect of that. But you make a good point too, because I wasn't good at telling my story until I had a few video podcast interviews and People brought me onto their show and me doing this, bringing you on guests on. So I got better at telling my story. And it's very important, no matter if you're an entrepreneur or a marketer to really work at perfecting your story. And it's a short right. story. Right. And it's always going to change. It's not right. like, all right, this is my next story. I'm going to tell for 20 years. This sucks. Like, no, that should not be the feeling. <laughs> like you're always going to change it and more exciting things are going to happen, but you got to talk about what sticks out. Like what Steven talked about that I really like that is you talked about your learning experience. You sold a tech uh, startup and you brought those learnings into your new company, right? The fear of failing. I don't think you said that, but I gathered from that. Sure. Yeah. Like those are all normal fears of any entrepreneur. But the thing is that you learned the market, you, the marketing aspect, you enjoyed it and you ended up doing more and more and more of that. So that story is super powerful. That carries a lot of weight. Right. Um, and every person has their own story to tell. Everyone's different. Everyone has different walks of life. But I also want to make another point. Um, that I think it's very important. So I'm a B2B marketer turned to, you know, founder, CEO, running my own WordPress web dev agency, right? The thing that I enjoyed working with when it came to vendors is that they were specialists. They weren't generalists. Right. So the thing that I love that what you're sharing is you've done all the research experiments and stuff like that. Like no marketer or entrepreneur needs to go get Airtable, go do a Zapier, get all this stuff and spend all the months or years yeah. of doing what you just did. Right. Yeah. Like, that, you know, what works, what doesn't work. You're also ahead and with the trends of what's going on. I clearly see it on TikTok, right? So I think it's important to, to hire someone like you, who's a specialist, especially when it comes to, you know, content creation and distributing that content. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I mean, thank you. I mean, yeah, I mean, like I did, I, I, I really have brought all my skills together and then also like tried to make sure that it was something that the, that the marketplace needed. Um, also thinking a little bit further ahead out and being like, Hey, this, this is going to only get more intense. Um, but yeah, mm -hmm. I mean, yeah. And then to talk about the stories, like um, that is an important thing. And to, to illustrate that when I did start selling what I was selling, like, uh, like when I'd go to people and I'd be like, I would definitely get them interested. Like I was like, Hey, I'm going to grow your business. Look at all these opportunities. Look at what you could do. Yeah. But like, I remember talking to one guy and he was like, what are you doing? Like, why are you doing all this? Hmm. And I was like, Oh, well, it's cause I sold the company. I have, I have flexibility. I like helping entrepreneurs. I kind of figured all this stuff out. And he was like, Oh, okay. I get it. And that was my epiphany moment. I was like, shoot, like, if you don't connect the dot for somebody, like if right. you, you might have what somebody wants, you might interest them to thinking that what you have is what they want. But if you don't connect the dots with why you're the person to do it, mm -hmm. then it's not going to make sense to them and they won't buy it. And uh, so, so what I tell people is like, you focus in on those epiphany moments that you had. And you're not telling the story like this is another important point, too, is like you're not telling the story like it's literally your story. It is your story. Right. But it, you're leveraging your story as a connector to make this whole thing make sense. Totally. And you're right. Like you can't 
you can't get good at that unless you're doing it all the time. And that's another thing about content and like this, all this stuff is like most people come to me like, oh, you're going to help me grow your business. Right. Mm. But the thing I'm always like on the back end, what a lot of what it actually is, is like, yeah, like you said, like helping them accelerate the process so they're not making all these mistakes. But it's also like all these skills, you got to, you got to be talking all the time so that you get good at talking about this stuff. You got to get good on video. Like aside from all the other things, like if, if my, for some reason, like there was some weird turn in my business totally failed. I learned like how to communicate and on video, which is only going to get more intense. And so I'm going to be so many legs ahead of other people when it comes down to it. Like I, I grew faster on TikTok because I had been doing it on LinkedIn. My Mm. YouTube channel is now growing faster because I had did, I had done LinkedIn and I had done TikTok. And so all of these things continue to compound. Mm -hmm. And like, if you're just starting out from scratch, like you've never made a video, you've never made a piece of content. Right. It's going to take a little bit of time for these things to gel a little bit. Right. But they will, and they will compound. And then you will just like, just like how an investor teaches you that if you start investing now, like five years from now, you're going to have like way more money. But like for that first couple of months where you're putting, where you're putting some, some, uh, you know, putting things away, you're going to have less, you know? And so you have to have some understanding of where the world's going to believe in it, to see it. Although we all see it, but just people don't really, Mm -hmm. don't really buy into it. Like there's, there's still people just doing the same old, (laughs) old school traditional networking groups. And there's no, 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 no disrespect to that. Cause I, I know a lot of people leverage those quite well and have grown really big businesses off of those networks, but that isn't, there's, there's always a spot for that, but that's not where you can scale your business. Right. I get you. The other question that I had, um, and I just lost that question. <laughs> I I that. There was so, there were so many questions that ran through my mind. I hate that. But yeah. yeah, I totally hate that too. I love everything that you're, you're saying. And it's 100% true. Uh, oh, video. That was the question. Boom. So there's people that are listening to this episode and are thinking about, all right, I'm on the fence. I do text only on LinkedIn. Right. I want to do video, but I don't want to do video. Maybe they have fears and securities that hold them back. Um, that can be dealt with within a day. You don't have to drag that out for a week or month. And Stephen can also agree with this, but why video? I really want to understand. Uh, well, it's not me understanding more of a motivation to do video for those that are just doing text only, uh, which who want to also take it to the next level and do video. When I see video, when I do text only posts on LinkedIn, I get a ton of eyeballs, a lot of views, all that stuff. When I post videos, views are low, leads are coming in. Yeah. So I'm wondering one, why video? And two, uh, do you have any statistics around that of why video is better? Well, I mean, I, you know, it's, it's hard, it's, sometimes it's hard to say better, but I'll tell you this, like when, when somebody, here's the thing is like when somebody can see you and see how you interact and your mannerisms and all that kind of stuff, it builds a lot more like connection. So like mm-hmm. when people get on the call with me, they're like, oh, I feel like I know you. Right. So that's that one thing. Like LinkedIn in particular, they do their statistics in a particular manner. So uh, if if somebody just barely like scans your text post, it's going to count it as a view. It doesn't mean that right. the person actually consumed what you wrote and like right. digested it and all that kind of stuff. So I think a view on a LinkedIn video is one for one is a lot more impactful than um, you know than than a text view. Um, mm-hmm. now, now that like when you get real specific to LinkedIn, maybe having a little bit of text and a little bit of video just to kind of do both is, is a, is a fine proposition. So you're reaching a different mix of people. And, um, but I think the video is just like, it's something that allows people to see you. And here's the interesting thing is like, this is a world where, um, you have the opportunity to niche down and start to work with people that are more 
aligned with you on your values and like what you're all mm -hmm. about and all that kind of totally. stuff. Totally. So you have that opportunity, but it, it but the it it's an opportunity that only exists if you take the first step, right? And so if you're willing to put yourself out there, you're going to be able to build those connections with those like-minded people faster and actually build a more narrow uh, product that has more impact with the people that you really want to serve and want to make an impact with. Like you said, you like to work with specialists. And so, uh, you know, there, there's something to that. There's some reasoning behind that and there's some story behind that and other people like will sense these things. And so you have a right. real opportunity. And I think video is the thing that allows us to do that. It's just easily consumed. LinkedIn is, seems to be the one platform that's kind of sticking to the text. Um, maybe, it is. maybe it's their niche, right? I don't know. Um, no but, idea. But you, I mean, we're, most of us, we're, we're watching YouTube, we're watching Netflix, we're, you know, a lot of, a lot of people are moving to TikTok. And so I just see, yeah, I just see video as kind of the, the future. Um, mm -hmm. So that's, I mean, that's the main thing. Yeah. But it is interesting though, when I, I start posting video, I'm like, my DMs are open. <laughs> They're yeah. starting to come in. Yeah, that's interesting. Uh, uh, people are, are filling out our forms, booking time on our website. That's awesome. Um, so it's, there's something there. I, I can't put a, a finger on it. It's trust. It's trust. I hear this all the time when I jump on a Zoom, right? Talk about experience. Like they see my LinkedIn content, then they go to our website, fill out a form uh, or book a time with us. Then they're on Zoom with me and they're like, oh, I've just been following you for 12 months. This is crazy. Yeah. Yeah. That <laughs> they're is like, crazy. I feel like I know you. I feel like I know you. Right. And I'm yeah. like, yeah. I was I, like, because the video brings out the personality, my character, my strong opinions, all that stuff. Right. So it's yeah, interesting. It, it, on that note, like too, far too many people create content for that one off, like lucky break where somebody sees one piece of content and they book a call and become your client. Hmm can happen, has happened to me. It will happen to you if you do it as well. But <laughs> it's the, I've been watching you for 12 years, or not 12 years, 12 months, like you said. I was like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah, that would be amazing. It's, I've been watching you for 12 months. That's actually, like, if you think about the scalability of what's happening, that's more interesting. It is. Because you can I build just a finished, uh, I just finished a discovery call today on Zoom. And I said, so how long have you been following me and she said we connected like 12 months ago and i've been reading your post every day <laughs> wow and i'm like like read it you're like yeah i read everything you put out wow and i was like that's a lot more interesting for a scalability thing because if you're nurturing hundreds of those mm -hmm. like you get those one-off clients that see one post and that's amazing, but like right. the scalability of, of a lot of people following you for a long period of time, right? That's where this this thing scales, right? And then totally, yeah. So I mean, that's like sometimes people are too short sighted with marketing. One hundred percent. It's like you gotta like you gotta commit and do some stuff, and then and it will it will compound over time. Like people right. are too addicted to short term results. Right. They'll do like, hey, I'm gonna just do. 30 days. I'm like, this is not the whole 30 diet. Like you have to <laughs> do it for a year and see some real compounding results and traction and all that stuff. Yeah. I make it like a lifestyle. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I love clients that come to me with a long-term perspective because nice. I, it's actually because with a long-term perspective, you will get better short-term results because you have the right intentions mm -hmm. because you're doing your, all the content that you create is going to have all the right intentions. It's not right. going to be book a call with me at the end of every video or so the, the people that are like, oh, I can just make a video and like someone's going to be my client. Well, it's like, mm -hmm. yeah, maybe, probably. Right. But that's like the long-term perspective is that's the, the person that's like the most interesting to me because I, I already feel like they get it, right? It's like, like oh, sure. Because like yeah. a, lot of, a lot of times I, t I talk to people and it's like, I'm like, they get on a sales call with me and I can kind of tell it's not going to work out well because I'm... They have to convince them. They're right? too far away. They're, like I'm trying, I'm I'm basically selling like steak to a vegetarian, mm. and they're like, "When See am that? I going to get a, a lead? When am I going to get a lead? Because I got a lead yesterday when I sent this cold email. I was like, "Well, go send those cold emails. Like I don't want anything to, to do. Yeah, with yeah. That. That's not scalable. 
and you're, you're hurting your brand. A different mindset. It's a different mindset. Yeah. Yeah. Totally get it. You have to get marketing and understand it's a long haul game. The other question that I had, how how are we doing on time? Uh, looks like it's, uh, I'm, I'm good. Okay. Same here. So the other question that I had is, and thanks for your time, by the way, Sure. is you've, you've been doing YouTube. You've been doing YouTube shorts too, right? Yep. TikTok, LinkedIn. Are you doing Twitter or no? I, I mess around with it here and there. Okay. What has, which platform has been more successful to you? Well, you know, literally. And how do you measure success? I guess. Well, I right? do. I do ask people where they like when they go to my website. There's just like a blank slate where they can write how they find me. I get more leads right now off of TikTok. Um, but I'm also. Wow. But it's also because like LinkedIn has been a struggle for me. I just realized this the other day too. Like I'm dyslexic, so it's hard for me to read. It's actually quite difficult for me to read. I can read fine, but mm-hmm. it's not fun and it's a struggle. And so when yeah. I'm processing all of that text, it's just distracting as heck to me. And I don't yeah. enjoy it as much. So um, I, I've gotten a lot of business off of LinkedIn. I'm getting more of it off of TikTok. And YouTube is kind of like the, um, it's like the trust builder. So a lot of the times when people get on a call with me, they were like, oh, I've been watching your YouTubes. Mm. And uh, so... So they all kind of work together. Yeah. And um, but I, I'm highly focused on YouTube now. Uh, I always approached it in the past. And I was just on another podcast. T- we were just talking about this. I always approached this in the past. I was like, oh, I'm, I'm just using YouTube to publish my videos there so that I can, so people can watch them. And that was my mindset. I started to realize that was kind of like a, I was only saying that because I didn't want people to see that I only had three subscribers. And like, you know, mm. not, not like judge me. It's like, oh, he doesn't have. Yeah, that. yeah, yeah. But now I realized it, it was interesting. It's like in December, I started publishing a lot of stuff to to YouTube. Mm-hmm. And I was starting to get subscribers. And I was like, I always thought this was the like the, too crowded. And like everyone I just th- thought it was impossible. Was it the style content that you're posting? Or it was just like, oh, I just needed to be consistent. I started doing lives and I was doing the shorts over there. And, um, I was also like actively telling people to go watch my lives, you know, oh, and gotcha. putting them so in. So the lives bring out a lot of. Yeah. People. Just getting people to come there. And then my TikTok, my TikTok account is linked up to my YouTube stuff. So if you go into my TikTok, mm-hmm. you will see my YouTube and you can click on it and then it pulls you right to it. So uh, nice. I just started to realize I was like in December of uh, 2021, I had a hundred subscribers. Now I'm about to hit 400. Wow, congrats, man. And so now my mind, well, thank you. And, but now my mind is just flipped. I was like, oh, this is a real opportunity. This is where the, yeah. this is where the long-term like, value is, right? Because I, yeah. I have videos there that are old, but they, they still get views. That's your database. Yeah, and like YouTube, as long as people like your content, YouTube will send people to old videos. It's not like TikTok or LinkedIn where if you stop- I posting, didn't know that. Yeah, because it's a search platform. Yeah. I didn't think about that. And I actually am not there with the mindset. I'm more like, you know, Apple podcasts, priority, um, LinkedIn is second priority. And then everything else gets repurposed or dumped into YouTube and dumped into, uh, TikTok. Yeah. But well, I don't, to, it's good to have your priorities. I mean, if, if it works for you, then don't break it. Cause like, yeah, yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, but I never, shifted my mindset to thinking about how to scale each one if that makes sense yeah i just think of it as like linkedin works great for podcasting yeah well i mean that's the thing it's like if it works don't break it Mm -hmm. you know it's like i i started to really focus in on video heavy and so like that's why i'm on video platforms Uh, yeah i still push stuff to my podcast and and whatnot but like just like you i've got my focus and um so but yeah i mean like YouTube is a really cool place. It's it's out of all the different channels. It is one of those like evergreen kind of places. Right. I love that. that yeah. I don't think about that. Uh, I, I think why I'm so, why I have a different mindset about it is one, because LinkedIn is the primary and or the secondary, but it's, it's really amplifies the podcast even more where people go and listen to it because of LinkedIn. It's the main driver. Well, I mean, I mean, like I said, man, if it works, don't mess with it. No, yeah, yeah. But I was just thinking, I'm definitely not messing with it. Um, <laughs> just for clarity <laughs> purposes, I'm not messing with that. I, I agree with you on that. 
Um, but I think of it more like the algorithm, right? It just, I mean, it sucks year by year all the time. You mean mean LinkedIn with LinkedIn, but I'm thinking with YouTube, like it definitely sucks. That's the assumption that I make with YouTube. It's just hard. Like, you know, so yeah. it's like there's a lot of good content. And so like the video has to be good. Like it has to be, you know, it, totally it has like, they're going to look at your videos by like how long people watch it. Right. Right. Um, and so it's a high bar. Watch time. It's a high bar to hit, but, but on the flip side, it's an intent based platform. Mm-hmm. So like they're going to, they know what you, you care about. Right. Partly because they have the they have the data from Google and their search, so they can mix the two. So they know what you care about. They're going to suggest things. So if your video is resonating with people, they're going to suggest it. And totally, like 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 it's intent based. So people search for stuff. So if you've got the best content, it's going to come up. Right. Last question that I had is pricing. Do you have pricing plans, or is it per project? But wanted to know what your pricing is, uh, because those who are listening, you know, if they want some type of automation type system, um, they're resonating with you right now, and you're the specialist. Uh, it's exactly what they need. What's your pricing, and how can they get in contact with you? Yeah, it's a little bit. Um, it depends a little bit on what they need, right? So I mostly work with people as um, really as like a coach and a consultant, where I'm helping <laughs> them kind of build out strategy. And helping them implement these things as their own team, and so it, it turns out with like the automation stuff, like I don't typically like go in and implement a bunch of automation for people, partly because a lot of my clients aren't even creating content yet. Right. So like, just like in marketing, like if you add automation to nothing, like <laughs> you get nothing. It's like it only makes your life worse. In fact, I've made my own life uh, much worse with um, you know, with adding automation. So, um, but there are some larger companies where I have, and in those cases, like if I'm doing just like, I'm helping you come in and just implement complex automations, it's usually like three grand a month. And mm-hmm. I'm meeting with you guys and helping you implement these things. And there's a combination of me helping you do a couple things. And then also, uh, me training you so that you're not dependent on me for the rest of, uh, rest of your life. But most of my clients come to me because they're not doing video, they don't know how to market their company. So we, we start off with basic market, marketing strategy. How do we create mm-hmm. engaging video? Then how do we make it productive? So there are systems and processes to implement. There are some basic automations to implement in the beginning. And then how do we actually perform well on social media, right? Because you need, you need a, a marketing strategy, you need a content strategy, you need engaging video, right. you need productivity and impact in order for all of this to work. Um, gotcha. So in that, that case, then I'm really helping them as a coach on that on that front. Gotcha. So they actually need to purchase all the software that you recommend. I mean, they don't need to, but yeah, and, um, and that's where I'm helping them make decisions like, what do you outsource? Do you mm, need a video editor? Gotcha. How do you hire a video editor? Or is there somebody on your team that's appropriate? What skills do they need? Well, here's the here's how they can learn that. Um, I love that. Just like it's also a strategist too. Yeah, just helping them like build out that custom strategy and then. For you, for your company, how do we layer this stuff in? What makes the sen- what makes sense for you? Because a lot of times people are like, I do not want to do any of that. And I'm like, well, what mm-hmm. if it was not that hard and like you could save four grand a month? Then they're like, oh, mm-hmm. maybe I would like that. You know, like, so. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you start throwing money around like that. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, because like if you go out and you, if, like I've done some research, like if you, like there are some sites that you, you'll send them a podcast. Yep. And they'll send you back the podcast. They'll publish it. They'll create clips for you. I don't know whether the clips are good and they've they've clipped it at the right spot. That's a different question. But in order to publish daily content from some service like that, they're going to charge you four or five grand a month. Totally. And I know places that charge anywhere from three to like six grand a month and they don't do any video. They only do audio. Yeah. They just do audio editing and then make sure you look flawless on Apple podcast, right? And Spotify. Like you sound flawless, but there's no video component to it. Yeah, that's a lot of money for. um, That's a lot of money. Unless you're a big company. And here's what I always say, though, is like, even if even if you can afford that. Like. What those companies are doing for you is not that complex at this stage of the game. 
Like there's, there's it's not two. that complicated. And I honestly, if I had the money, I wouldn't pay for it. Yeah. And, and like, if you did this in-house, not only will you do it cheaper, you'll get better at it. Not only will that compound over time, like we talked about in the very beginning of our talk. Right. But, uh, but you're going to do it so much more cost effectively and you're going to be able to apply so much more like, like mark, like customer knowledge into that stuff. Like, right. Like if you know your customer well, you're going to know, I need to start the clip right there because that's what they're going to care about. That's the key word that they care about. No outsourced company is going to ever do that the way you need it. They don't know where to cut it and they don't know, uh, the creative side too. They don't know your customer. Everything you're saying is true. And then another point that I wanted to make is even like content marketing agencies. Okay. They charge minimum 5k. I've seen some that charge 10, 22 K. I'm not even joking. Right. Right. And I've been the marketer where I hired those agencies and I can tell you right now, I didn't need more than half the crap they're selling me. Right. Yeah. That's the other thing too, is like, and it's just the same way with like all these, uh, AI content marketing platforms, like where they like magically cut up the clips for you and, or they do Mm. all this, they add all this workflow for you. They're not, those companies aren't growing the same way you are. Right. Like what I mean by that is like, yeah. Those companies aren't aren't growing the same way you are. So they don't even they don't even know the problems to solve for you. They're just they just know that you want content and like they'll get it to you any way that you'll pay for it. But that doesn't mean that it's going to make an impact for you. Right. And like and they're like the only way they're making a profit is by hiring the same people we could you can hire. Right? So you're going to you're going to like launch a little slower maybe like out the gate. Right. You're going to, you know, like there's some pain points regarding some of these things. It's like, I can't eliminate every little pain point that's, you know, but like like a few months later, you're going to be so much happier that you just did it yourself. Right. I mean, I'm happy if I can save 10 K a month. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I'm I'm happy. (laughs) Even if it's 5 K a month, I'm like, heck yeah, Yeah. let's go use those dollars elsewhere. Yeah. Especially when you realize what, and when, when you're in the game yourself, you're going to get a lot more input from the mm-hmm. marketplace. Just like we talked in the beginning, like if you're using Buffer to push your posts, you're not going to be engaged. You're not going to actually get the benefits of doing all this. You're not going to learn anything. But if you learn and you improve and you just start building out these systems, you can do more with less. Right. Anyway, like it's all about impact. It's, all, it's not about likes and comments. It's about making an impact you know how to do that as the service provider or the business or the product or whatever. So just, I love this conversation because what everything you're saying is like spot on and what I believe in and what I've also researched and experimented with too. Yeah. So you're spot on, on everything you're saying. I've seen some really good, well, I don't know good, but I've seen some really influential type people and you want to be careful who you follow uh, on any social media platform because they'll start pushing courses and in their course, they'll talk about using buffer. They'll talk about using all these social media uh, scheduling tools, which if you're pushing out really good content, you know, your customer likes it and stuff is going to hurt your reach. Right. So, yeah, exactly. Like that's the thing is like a lot of marketers, a lot of marketers and content things or courses, they're going to, they're going to, a lot of them, not all of them. They're going to sell you stuff that either makes you feel good about what you're doing. Like, like a lot of the people Mm -hmm. that help you do branding and messaging, it's like, they're going to make you feel good. Like, Oh, I feel good about my website. Well, I mean, I'm sure that you're the same. It's like you, I'm sure you want your customers to like your website, but it's more important that you build a a website that your customer's customer likes Mm -hmm. as opposed to like giving you a website that, makes you feel good about yourself, but it doesn't do anything for your business. Exactly. And that's the same thing with marketing too. It's like a, a lot of those places where you send out your podcast and get it back. It looks cool. It's got like superb branding, superb coloring and superb quality, but is it going to do anything for you? Hmm. Maybe, maybe not. Just an idea before we close out, you should definitely do a course if you don't have a course. Well, it's kind of a, it's kind of a program. So if I'm going to teach you guys, if I'm going to teach somebody like either how to hire or 
teach you how to get these skills into your into your company, there's is there, there's a program component, a part of that, which is like resources, gotcha. right? So yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. you're working with me one on one. There's certain things you that could, you can't do in a course, like you can't build a strategy and you can't build a plan uh, without. That's important. Yeah, without without. You make a good point. Yeah, but like, but in terms of like things that I say over and over again, like how do you use this tool? How do you use this? How do you use that? Like that is part of the program and you have access to those things. So it's it's not a course. I, w- I wouldn't call it a course, but it's definitely a program where you have access to those resources. It's more in depth. Yeah. And as I learn things, I just keep adding to it and keep it. I like swimming. it. I like it. I think about school. It's like, I want to go to class in person because I get more value from that. And I can ask questions later after class <laughs> instead of watching a course can't ask any questions. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But hey, one of the things, go ahead. I was just going to say, and the other thing too, is just that like some things, some things people can absorb in a meeting. Mm-hmm. But what I found was, is that like, like it takes people a while to get the ball rolling with some of these things. Right. Right. Like I can move fast, but I can't make you move fast. So some right. of these resources that I have are there because some people, like even if I tell you something day one, if you don't start to do it for a month, then we got to meet again and I have to tell you the same thing again. That's not good for you or me because I get tired of saying the same things. And re- realistically, it's like a five minute thing that you can watch and just be like, oh, I know how to do that. And just do it on your own time at your own pace as opposed right. to like, you know, you know, because I, I found like if, if I'm always saying the same things to people, and then they get busy and they can't do it, then they're going to be, they're not going to be like, they're not, it's not my fault, but that they still didn't get what they wanted. So it's not, it's like working out. Like if, if you don't value working out, you're not going to put the time in to work out and, yeah. and schedule out the block that I need to go and work out. I'm not going to let my anxiety, and my work take over because yeah, exactly. I value working out. So I think it's a value thing. Yeah, exactly. Awesome. Steven. Where can they get in contact with you though? <laughs> yeah. yeah, so obviously you can go to my website, sgplabs.com. You can go to book a call. There's, we, I do little, little intro calls with people if they're interested in hearing more. And then obviously you can go to my YouTube. So if you go to YouTube and you type Steven with a P-H, S-T-E-P-H-E-N, G Pope, I'll pop up. Go to LinkedIn, do the same thing. Steven G Pope, I'll pop up. Go to TikTok, Steven G Pope. On, on TikTok, you'll see me do a little jig here and there. So if you want to see my, my dancing skills, Signature dance. I want, I want to see it. <laughs> you might see a video or two. Um, it's funny on that note, like people always ask me, do you have to dance? And I always say no, but I always, but the funny thing is, is like when you do a lot of video, I mean, I've done a million videos at this point. Yeah. You do end up getting comfortable with yourself and uh, doing some things that you might not have otherwise. Uh, done. I love your dance videos. <laughs> I'm like, all right. I was like, man, I, he, he's feeling himself. This is Friday. Let's go. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Anything else you would like to add or want to provide any clarity on anything that we talked about, Stephen? No, I just say like, if you're on the edge with video or, um, I, this is the one important point that I've come up with recently is just like, I've come across, like, there are so many different things that get in people's way of doing some of these things. Hmm. And so I have to take each one of those individually, like imposter syndrome, fear, not knowing what to say. But the one thing that everyone needs is a commitment. So commitment is key in order to get on video or overcome some of these things, which ultimately can really help you in the future. And so just if, you, if you've been on the edge, make a commitment. And the other things are, 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 uh, are sort out of sort of like you can sort them out one way or the other. Mm-hmm. You don't have a commitment. Yeah. None, any one of those things could derail you. I love that. The other thing, too, I mean. The commitment is big. Taking the action is big, right? It takes a lot of courage to take action. It does. What What helps you to push through the fears to do it in a courageous way? Um, wanting to make an impact in people's lives. Boom. So getting out of my own skin, right? So like if 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 you're if you're actually focused on other people, you need less courage. Hmm. It's like I you, love need, that. you need courage when you're looking inward and you're, you're insecure. But if like, I love that. yeah. And, then, and it's like, it, everything is much easier when you're doing it for someone else. And you, you like learn how to articulate, articulate, if, when you learn how to articulate a point that helps people transition from one thing to another, 
that's when you providing value and then you feel good about what you're saying. And then you need less courage because you feel good about what you're saying. And like, you feel more like compelled, like I have to versus how do I, how the heck do I get past this? Right. That's good. Thanks. I love that. Cool, that was yeah. deep too. I love that. If Some you guys been getting value, deep. hit us up yeah. uh, on all those TikTok and <laughs> LinkedIn. Uh, hit us up, Stephen and I, uh, if you've been getting value from this episode so far. All right, Stephen, thank you hey. again for your time. Thanks for. Yeah, thank you, man. And and I I I still want to get together on that uh, website panel. Yeah, let's do it. So I just got more than happy gotta, to. I just got to organize it. That would be a lot of fun. Yeah, I would I love think so to do too. that. Have you guys like analyzing some sites and stuff? I think that could be cool. Oh, I love tearing those apart. <laughs> Let's do it, man. Right on. Hey, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Have a good one. Sounds good. Bye.